Welcome to Spirits of Whiskey. We explore the wide world of whiskey through the many colorful personalities who make it, promote it, write it, and more. With each podcast, Carrie Moynihan, a certified bourbon steward and bartender, and yours truly, Philip Dobard, director of the Cocktail Collection, interview whiskey's most important names. From high-profile makers, blenders, and ambassadors, to out-of-the-way innovators and remote pioneers. Join us as we discover the people and elements that give the water of life its spirit. Today we talk with the fourth-generation Van Winkle triplets about how they're helping to maintain and expand on great-grandpappy's whiskey tradition. But first, stay tuned for this week's Whiskey Chronicles. Welcome back to Spirits of Whiskey and happy Whiskey Wednesday. It is June 3rd, and this is episode number 5. Coming up next is Whiskey Chronicles. Lifestyle. It's how we lead our lives on a day-to-day basis, a sort of sum total of the choices we make. Choices made in part according to the resources at our disposal. COVID-19 has impacted everyone's lifestyle, including how businesses of all types all around the world operate. And for craft distillers, it may be the cause of their demise. In light of that, craft distillers are calling for action from and collaboration with industry stockholders and government entities. Bottom line, they need relief. The American Craft Spirits Association has been working closely with the Tax and Trade Bureau, or TTB, and the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, for help in this time of need. Based on their own survey, the association found that 67% of craft distilleries will be forced to close without a bailout of some sort, this despite over 700 of them having turned over production to making hand sanitizer. In the hope that they can keep some of these distilleries from closing permanently, stakeholders have petitioned Congress for temporary tax relief for those craft distillers negatively impacted by the pandemic. Normally, when a business is not doing as well as it had hoped, intensifying its marketing efforts, if done with judicious allocation of resources and proper targeting, can help. Most of the time, brands desperately seeking to differentiate themselves in a crowded marketplace will promote themselves as a lifestyle choice. As if the consumer, by purchasing the products of said brand, would somehow see themselves transformed by making this choice. Once in a while, however, the underlying brand is so strong and its offerings are of such high quality that lifestyle as marketing strategy feels comparatively genuine, authentic, and attractive to a discriminating decision maker. Among spirits categories, whiskey is the leading adapter of this strategy. And we think no one whiskey brand has marketed itself more innovatively or effectively than Pappy Van Winkle. The Van Winkle triplets, the great granddaughters of Pappy himself, and founders of Pappy and Company have successfully extended the Pappy line with related items of exceptionally high quality. And the result is a family of products that truly honor and build upon a revered historic brand. Pappy and Company, founded in 2013, is still a relatively new entity. So we spoke with the Van Winkle sisters, Carrie, Chenault, and Louise, to see how this marketing strategy has worked for them and to learn how the pandemic has impacted their sales and business model. So today we have three guests, normally we have only one, who are distinguished both by their surname and by their work in the industry and beyond, because these three persons came together to build upon a well-established brand and in the process create a new, now well-established and growing brand amongst the three of them. We have with us today 
the Van Winkle sisters, Van Winkle triplets, no less, uh, Carrie Greener, Louise Breen, and Chenault James. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, we're so excited to have you guys today. So normally we we start off with a question about what's your personal whiskey journey. However, I kind of feel like you ladies, your whiskey journey started long before you were even born, being that uh, Julian P. Van Winkle was your great grandfather and then Julian P. Jr. and then Julian III. And I'm assuming Julian III is your father. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's great. Correct. yeah. Your journey started not in utero, but pre-utero. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you guys only have one other brother named Preston? Yeah. You're awesome. Friends. Okay, great. He's older. He's 20 months older. Oh, wow. So he, my mom and dad had a two-year-old and then triplet. Oh, those poor parents of yours. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. Um, I have a twin sister, identical twin sister, and a younger oh. brother, uh, but he is almost 10 years younger. So at least my parents oh, wow. had a nice break before before that happened. Yeah, no kidding. Um, only only child here, so. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're boring, Philip. That's boring. <laughs> um, and it I, has its challenges. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you ladies, but, you know, growing up, I always, when I'd meet people and they said, oh, wow, you're a twin. What is it like being a twin? And I'm like looking at them like, I, what, what's it like to yes, not be a twin? Exactly. Yes. I always say the same thing. But yeah, I, and then the yeah. other question was, did you guys ever play tricks on people? And, oh, yeah. <laughs> same, yeah. exact yeah. thing. But then are, really, are you identical? We, we yeah. are. It's, it's a little crazy for people, but um, yeah, we didn't, you know, growing up, everybody who was our friend and knew us, knew us apart, could tell us apart. So that whole concept of like, oh, did you ever trick people? It's like, it wasn't really part of our, our daily lives. Yeah. I think at one time in high school, so one of us, I don't even remember who got to go like to two lunches or something, went to the same <laughs> photography class or something like that. But that was about as, as... We tried to not draw any more attention to the fact that we were three identical sisters. That's good. And so the, we just didn't like the attention from it. So it just wasn't in our makeup to want to go with it. Like yeah. That. So we, it was up to most people's dismay. I mean, they wanted to hear us say, yeah, I we know. do this they, they always, all the time. We trick people all the time. And then we were total letdown. <laughs> they always said that to say, me. no, we're not in it. Yeah, they always said that to us too. They're like, well, but you shouldn't. I said, from my opinion, I'm like, I feel like I don't look anything like my sister. So I'm like, I don't know how you guys can not tell. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but the one time that I did have fun with it was, um, you know, we sound the same on the phone and as you ladies do. Um, so my sister's boyfriend would call in high school and I would just trick him for a few minutes. I'm like, okay, now you're starting to say stuff I don't want to hear. So, <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's, that's so when you four kids were growing up, did you realize how big of a deal your family reputation and name was to the whiskey lovers of the world? And if you did, was it something that you cherished in an early age or was it something that you grew into understanding as an adult? The latter. Well, yes, definitely the latter. We grew up um, not really thinking much about it, but at the same time, during the bulk of our childhood, the brand and the name was not near what it is today. Right. So as much as we had a long history and heritage in the whiskey business, it was not a thing like it is today, but we, we knew it was still something kind of neat and our history was special, 
but um, it didn't occur to us till more recently, you know, in the last decade almost, wow. you know, what a, a, a big deal it is. And to be honest, it's still not in the forefront of our brains. We still stop and think, wow, I guess this is a big deal. It still <laughs> doesn't cool. feel like that big constantly, of a deal, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, yeah, yeah I mean, so you've, you've led very mind. normal lives, <clears throat> you know, considering how famous your family actually is in, oh, yeah. in some circles, so. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. It's like the children of famous people, you know, they, um, you know, they're, they're still just people. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're and even hearing surprised. you say it like that makes us yeah. laugh because <laughs> that's just so foreign. Like what? Really? Well, I think people but, have this image of our dad, you know, sitting on this big whiskey throne in some big fancy office or distillery. And it's like the, absolute complete opposite of oh, that. Oh, don't burst our bubble. Uh, so I know, always, see, all we do is let people down. You know, We're thinking of a whiskey orb and whiskey scepter. No, no I mean, okay. you know, and you come out, it's, yeah, so it's not what you would imagine by any means. Um, we'll give them a glimpse of what. I definitely think, too, that it kind of, like, looking back for us, even seeing that whole era of Pappy, our great grandfather, and the Stitzelweller Distillery—that was like Camelot, and it and it was all true, and just so full of history and heritage and amazing things. And so then, you know, our childhood actually was like the downturn of the family business, where the, the distillery had sold, and my dad was working to build the family bourbon business back up. And so we were right there in the thick of that part, which was really fun because it was. You know, on the weekends, my dad would work all the time, but he'd take us with him down to the bottling plant in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and we'd play in the creek and surf on the uh, fun conveyor belt. It was just, it was, we had the time of our It was a dilapidated building. If you could see that place, I mean, it was a rusty metal clad small plant. It was a a rickety house rather than a rick house. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he had all the things to distill bourbon, but very old, very old. But that is where we, I would say, learned, you know, to appreciate bourbon on that level in regards to like climbing up the ladder and putting our heads into the big tank and loving that smell and taking a big whiff and thinking it was so weird that it would clear your nose out. And <laughs> it was that un- unproofed whiskey. So all those things looking back were really special and really you know, obviously was the foundation for us appreciating that mm. smell and just, you know, the whiskey on either like fresh glass. That's well, where it, looking back, it all began. If I may, at what age did you start whiskey thieving, i.e. tasting? Well, it's funny you ask. Uh, cough medicine in the, in the middle of the night as a small, small baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for real. It was just Honey and it. bourbon. It's mm-hmm. part of how our dad grew up and obviously his dad grew up that for a cough. I think we also had row protection in the cabinet, but, um, you know, all my dad knew, especially when he was on duty and was probably letting our mom get some sleep, he would sit us in the kitchen and stir up a little concoction of honey and lemon and whiskey mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and spoon feed us with a little teaspoon. Um, and I guess, you know, it, it definitely calmed us down and soothed <laughs> our throat. And I remember it. And I, I haven't done that with my kids and I don't know why, because I love it. And well, what, the yeah. next time they get sick, I know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, mm-hmm. Does each of you have access to a lifetime supply of Pappy? <laughs> we know we really <laughs> don't. Um, but and people are surprised to hear that, but it's definitely not anything free flowing in any of our homes. Even my dad, 
he has little, you know, random bottles of things that were, you know, pulled off the line and tasted. But um, he has other brands on his bar that we drink. And we each get a couple bottles a year, maybe, that we purchase from the liquor store. Um, believe it or not, uh, he has a distributor, local distributor, send it over to our local uh, liquor store called Party Mart, and we go buy it from there. We get two or three bottles a year, maybe four if we're lucky. Wow. Um, And then a lot of times we just dash them away, or most of us at this point donate a bottle or two to our children's schools and any other special charity that we support. You donated to the school for cough suppression, right? And the nurse's office. Yeah. Yeah. But it does help. So definitely not. helps put in perspective for people when we tell them the actual truth of how it goes down in our family. And, you know, when people wonder why they can't get their own bottle and they hear that we can't really get as much as we want either or have enough to gift to our friends, it's it's a lot easier to understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mainly because everything that we produce, because there's so little goes out to distribution and then what little is held back is is used for um, philanthropy and a few events throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, a little bit of personal history here. About, I think, four years ago, we, the cocktail collection, produced a Pappy Dinner. One of our hospitality partners had gotten an unexpected allocation of several bottles of each of each expression of each mark. And he said, Philip, you know, we, we have a we have a sophisticated clientele here. But they are not going to they are not going to go through all these bottles because you know they're not going to pay the price we have to charge to make it worth our while. How's about we do a dinner? So we did a multi-course pairing dinner with I think five expressions, and um, it sold out within 12 hours. And we we negotiated with the uh, owner of the restaurant to bump up the capacity a bit, and then those were gone. So. Wow. Yeah, it's a thing. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it fun to be able thing. to just use it for special situations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, intimate well, settings. Well, and then also just, it's just so cool what it does to raise money for important organizations to have right. something mm-hmm. that you can't get your hands on readily. It obviously can raise a lot of money. Yeah. Which one of you came up with the idea for Pappy and Company? And, and how easy or difficult was it to get your sisters on board? It was so easy. It was actually, we all remember the instant when the idea hit us. And we were in in Michigan one Christmas and our kids were all little bitty babies. And and Louise had recently moved home from Idaho, where Carrie lives still, Mm -hmm. and was kind of in transition with with being a mom, but uh, not having a, a job. And so we were brainstorming and we were, you know, sitting at my parents' kitchen island. And I said, we should just start this business, you know, we never had merchandise associated with the brand and people were asking, everyone was asking. And yep. so what year was this? 2013. So what year was it? Launched. So this is probably 2012 that we were Christmas of 12. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was underwater and busy with my design business that I do for my day job. And so That's Chenault, correct? This is, yes, mm-hmm. this is Chenault speaking. And so we just, I mean, everyone was on board right away and the girls went home and got to work and, and did it. Mm-hmm. Started the business. Carrie and I um, were in agreement that we would kind of go full in on this and Chenault would continue with her design company. So um, I was living in Louisville, still am, and Carrie was still out in Sun Valley. So we kind of immediately assumed our roles and I would be 
operational mm-hmm. and she just kind of fell into the more creative um, front end side of things. And so we started the business out of my basement and we ran, operated that way for probably almost two years. Oh wow! And then we moved into an actual warehouse, a little bit of a warehouse situation. And then we've landed in what we call our final resting place. <laughs> in a, a great, um, we, we think <laughs> in a great historic building downtown. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, now we operate it from there and it's a family building, um, that my dad bought a few years ago and we renovated. And, um, so we're operating in Louisville in Nulu and our warehouse and offices are there as well as a new retail store, um, which is currently closed, but um, sure. it'll be fun to get that going again someday. Yeah. Uh, how many how many SKUs did you start with? Like five, I want to say. Yeah, we started okay. with um, I think like a set of barware and a couple hats and t-shirts, and then um, our first collaborative special product were our chocolate bourbon balls made with mm. our yeah. old Rit Vimicle ten year. And very quickly we realized, oh my god, what have we done? We've started making a product with bourbon, and we can't ask my dad for any more bourbon to make our bourbon <laughs> balls. <laughs> uh, so we struck a deal with him for that and then we've actually no longer made any other products with bourbon because it got too stressful and we literally just don't have enough so now that's how it kind of got us into this whole barrel aging ass grandfathered in yeah, yeah. The but you, nego- in. you negotiated a deal for the barrels though because now you have products yes. that uh, are aged in those barrels yes and so that's been really fun is thinking um you know all the creative ways to use the barrels in regards to products and, and um, barrel aging food and whatnot. And that's really been kind of the driving force behind what we do mm. now. And so we started, you know, more so filling this promotional need with, you know, t-shirts and hats and branded products for all these fans that were excited to have something. And then it's just evolved from there. And how many SKUs are there currently? Oh gosh, I don't even know. Over, over a hundred. Wow. Yeah, probably 150. And not but, all you know, are ours. You know, we, yeah, we so. definitely bring in products too that are that fit our brand and kind of help build out our brand. So they're not all mm-hmm. made by us, but a lot mm-hmm. are. Yeah, yeah, but they mm-hmm. but they fit they fit the lifestyle concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So who comes up with most of the ideas, or is all of, do all of you participate in in the ideas? And are are the aged products that you have, like the syrup and the hot sauce? Are those aged in Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and what is your best-selling item, and what is your favorite item? Oh, gosh. We could talk all day about those questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I basically come up, I feel like, with the majority, but it's definitely a group effort, and we make sure that it all feels right to all of us. Who is that This talking? is Carrie. Oh, hi, Carrie. Because um, I'm kind of like... <laughs> We're trying to be better at stating who it is before That's we speak. So, yeah. Because you're triplets. We can't tell you right, apart. And we'll just be over, over <laughs> yeah. talking you don't, the whole time, too. You don't know our voices by yeah. now? You know. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah. So Carrie does most of the de- the creative development. And then it just depends. But majority, yes, is Carrie takes the lead on that. And then we all kind of connect on, um, you know furthering any of those ideas but for instance the hot sauce developed out of um a close friendship friend this is chanel uh, speaking <laughs> a close friendship out of columbus georgia where i lived or my husband's from so i was in columbus georgia for 10 years and our friends are growing ghost peppers and creating hot sauce and so that's how that collaboration 
came to be. So there are so many different stories yeah. Yeah. Kind of how, how wrapped up Ohio, in, in a lot of these products. How about the Ohio maple syrup? What's the relationship there? Yeah, so we were actually in the market for a maple farmer because it was just such a natural fit for us. We, we grew up on real maple syrup and it just, it just felt right. And so he honestly reached out to us and I was very hesitant. I think it's just really fun for people to think of us. And then, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, we're kind of picky. So I was like, <laughs> you know, I don't know anything about this maple farm in Ohio, but send me, send me a sample of what you're already doing and we'll go from there. And he sent me a sample of his product and it was good. I could tell the syrup was really good, but I wasn't completely crazy about the bourbon flavor. And mm-hmm. so I said, you know what, let's, let's try it out. I'll send you a barrel and age some mm-hmm. syrup in our barrel and send me a sample and we'll hope to make something work. And I still, you know, was a little bit hesitant of it, it panning out. Well, he sent it to me and it was just, I was so blown away. It was just insane. I never tasted anything like it. It was 10 times better than what he'd already sent me with syrup that he was aging in other whiskey barrels. And so since then, we've just really created this friendship and we, we work really closely together. And the, the guys from the Maple Farm go down to the distillery themselves and pick up the barrels within the, you know, the same cool. day that they're dumped. And so it's just a really special um, partnership and product. And so what we quickly realized is that it means something to have quality barrels. Mm-hmm. So I think in a world of like these uh, micro distillers and people aging whiskey months versus years, and if it is years, it's maybe a year or a couple of years where we get to use barrels that have been aged a minimum of 10 years up to 23 years and high quality weeded bourbon. It's just amazing what it does to that flavor. And so it's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. The flavor on that syrup is is outstanding. I, I was saying before the show started, I tried it with another whiskey brand type, right. uh, which is good. But um, yeah, the taste test this morning, uh, the Pappy definitely had a, a more robust pop with the with the bourbon flavor, but it wasn't an overpowering flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt it really complemented my French toast. So yes. I'm very, very excited about it's that. It's amazing how something so. simple like French toast just brings out, it just, the flavor bursts in the syrup. And what I love yeah. about ours too, is that it's really heavy on the bourbon flavor, but it's not necessarily the alcohol that you're picking up. It's right. literally those caramels and vanillas that are yeah. so um, important to our bourbon that it's just such an insane combination. Whereas I think, you know, a lot of other people, are, this whole barrel aging thing in the world is really trendy right now. And I, you know, I can appreciate some, but I think a lot are, it's just marketing and they're either like dumping cheap bourbon into the whiskey or I don't know, their method isn't completely legitimate yeah. and that you can just tell when you taste it kind of what went on. I have a really good smoked ham recipe that I do every Easter with bourbon and with syrup. And I am going to go buy myself a new ham and try it out. It's going to really make the the ham pop, I can tell. I might enter your contest. Yes, you should. (laughs) I have to tell you guys just a little tidbit when we're now that we're talking about our syrup, but and what our favorite product is. And I guess I have to say it's it's my favorite product. I'm just blown away by it every time I use it. But... I was thinking at the, when you asked in the beginning, you like to hear everybody's history of your whiskey journey. Yeah. And my whiskey journey started with the syrup because I never drank whiskey <laughs> as an adult. I mean, only last time I really drank it was cough syrup when we were children. But um, when we launched the syrup, we started playing around with recipes and various ways to use the syrup. And of course, one 
um, was making cocktails and we started making old fashions with it. And oh, yeah. that is literally how I started drinking whiskey. I've never ever fixed a, a drink of bourbon before this whole syrup testing started. So it's kind of funny. And now, you know, in the winter, I just, I love a good old fashioned or a drink of so whiskey on the rocks. Maple syrup so. was your gateway drug? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then you want to know when I started drinking whiskey? was about a year ago when I got hooked on another product of ours before we're like, this is, we like tequila, yeah. margaritas, we were, wine. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to get love, to that. We love, <laughs> we love whiskey. The Van Winkle girls just started We love whiskey. whiskey. I love year. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, C told you we're going to continue to let everyone know. We did notice that all three of you in your bio said that you like right. margaritas. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what is that? Oh, that's a good whiskey yeah. cocktail. I know. But now we do have a second runner up and it is whiskey and it's due to our products because before then I would, you know, have a sip here. I've always enjoyed it. It's just never been something that I'm going to choose to have a full cocktail of. I'm going to go to tequila. And so when we, 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 we did the bitter that. milk, we definitely <laughs> I know. well, it's, it's pretty much the, now I can say I don't drink margaritas all through the winter now. I oh, that's good. Over that's good. To bourbon. So he uses, um, he uses Añejo tequila in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but another product of ours, the old fashioned mix made by a company called bitter milk out of Charleston. That's what got mm. me hooked because it's an instant old fashioned that tastes crafted and it's very dangerous because you can sometimes you might not drink a old-fashioned because it's too labor intensive but this is instant okay. and it it's so, yeah, it's the swiss that. miss. so that's what it's the swiss, miss of old fa- it it's the swiss miss of old-fashioned yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah, saw that 100%. on the website last night actually and i was like oh i think i'm gonna have to order that yeah put that in and the what about you carrie were you the uh were you I, a, a whiskey I, drinker i think i've been a whiskey drinker for longer than they have it sounds like but i will say i okay. i definitely had an extra appreciation like louise with the syrup but you know, before, and I think they would agree that, you know, if we're having like a chocolate for dessert or something like that, we have a little taste of bourbon after dinner. That was when I would drink it more so than um, making a mixed drink. But I think also what mm-hmm. with our products, it's been fun to realize that and maybe that's why we never drank more bourbon is because we knew better than to drink it with Coke or ginger ale. Good. And so, <laughs> and, you know, like margaritas and vodka cocktails in the summer were just kind of our thing. And so in the winter, we just kind of drank more wine. We, we know you're triplets, but which one of you is the eldest? That's me, Carrie, by a couple minutes. Ah, yes. So, you, so you, you played right into this. So you did contribute to your sister's yes. delinquency. Yes. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. And then who's... Your younger sister's delinquency. Who is the youngest? Chanel, <laughs> And how baby. many minutes apart are all you guys? Just two or yeah. three. Really two or yeah, three. My sister is older. I am the younger. And she is two minutes. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you is, do you think that the, you know, the typical birth order traits still uh, apply? And I yeah, think they totally Yeah, did. my sister is uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely the boss. She was always, always the boss. Well, in, yeah. in terms of product development, how closely do you work with the old Rip Van Winkle Distillery or its operator, Buffalo Trace, and the parent company, the Sazerac Company? Is there is there coordination of any sort? Well, we definitely kind of have that creative ability to do what we want, and we make sure we approve things by my dad. So because mm-hmm. okay. we have a licensing agreement with the distillery, and so they get a royalty of everything we sell with their trademarks. But 
Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Other than that, it's really just kind of an organic, natural process that we just want to make sure that everyone's in agreement that it's it's an okay product. Mm-hmm, because we still mm-hmm. are a family-owned business and Buffalo Trace is our partner, we really mm-hmm. just work with our dad. It just really mm-hmm. stays within the family. Do you work at all with the Sazerac uh, uh, marketing staff on, uh, say, strategic communications or rollouts? You think, but we don't. So with the COVID-19 virus, have you guys noticed any drop down or pick up in your sales? Well, we've we've definitely had some changes. Um, Our wholesale business came to a quick halt right away, um, which we're seeing Mm -hmm. start to rebound now. In the last two weeks, we've gotten a lot more action in that sales channel. Um, E-commerce has been really strong and our sales are definitely up. Okay. Which is great. So we can't complain. we're not complaining and um, retail, the retail store, it, it'd be fun to have it open right now, but it's, it's not a, a big deal for us. It was never, it, it was, it's a new thing. And we hadn't even really gotten a robust sales plan or marketing for the store going. So we'll just keep that closed for a little longer, but yeah, we've seen a positive impact from, from COVID and we feel so fortunate. Right now, how close is your retail store located to any of the neighboring distilleries in the really area? close? Yeah, we're right down in Nulu, which is a really cool gentrified area, an extension of downtown Louisville. And so a few blocks from yeah, Bourbon, Bourbon Row, which has been completely mm-hmm. yep. rebuilt, which was the old uh, sales district of the distillery. So all the distilleries had their storefronts mm-hmm. there. So that's really cool. And then Angel's Envy Distillery is right down the street. Oh, fun. And Kings. Yeah. When things are more normal, have you thought about talking to any of the tourism group to have part of their tours that go in that area to kind of mm-hmm. stop at your yes. store? Good. We have. And we are looking forward to being able to take the time to even work on our retail concept and create the experience that we kind of have in our, our minds of we haven't built a bar yet, but we need a bar and we picture it the type of place where you can come and just be and just be a part of the community down there and and just give people an opportunity to understand our family story and maybe have um, a drink, even if it's like an iced lemonade like our great-grandmother <laughs> would make or whatever it may be. But we're excited to make it a place that people would want to stop That's along cool. the way on their tour. Well, I can't wait to get out there right? when everything is kind of back to normal. So, <laughs> so ladies, cocktails. We ask all of our guests, what is their preferred category of cocktail? We never ask people to name their favorite cocktail, <laughs> although you, uh, you, the three of you in your bios have we told us that, that, that first, shaken is the way to go, and second, margaritas. We were, Louise and myself and my parents were at Blackberry Mountain this winter and had a really fun experience there. And um, they kind of helped open my eyes to this whole aspect of egg white cocktails, which I always thought was very intimidating. And so I... Yeah. So you haven't you haven't soured no, on those? No. Yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. I <didn't. laughs> so I yeah, we're behind the on that. Of making those at home now, just the fact that you can make a whiskey sour or um, a tequila sour, I just in the simplicity of it, in the way with our syrup, it totally just mm-hmm. mellows out the alcohol and just kind of lets the syrup and everything about the cocktail just kind of come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than like a watered down with ice situation, it just is so creamy and um, the syrup just explodes with that egg white mellowness and creaminess. So that with a cocktail mm-hmm. with um, tequila, 
Yeah, I need to yeah, try okay. it. <laughs> our syrup and egg white mm-hmm. shaking it and then um, strained in a little glass. It's like the best thing ever. Same basically recipe mm-hmm. with bourbon. So good. So substituting with your margarita, you substitute your syrup for the triple sec. We basically, yeah, we make it without um, simple syrup. And then I actually still Mm -hmm. add a little triple sec and Cointreau with the syrup. Okay. All right. Very Very good. So you guys currently have a promotion going on on the website for recipes for the syrup and for the hot sauce. You want to tell the listeners a little bit about that promotion? It's really fun. We're so inspired by what people do with our ingredients, especially the syrup and hot sauce that we we really want to hear what other people are doing and be able to write them down and share them with everybody. And so we thought it'd be fun. If you want to order our pepper sauce and syrup, use cooking 10 coupon code to get 10% off and submit your recipes through Instagram and tag us using the hashtag cooking with Pappy. You can submit your recipe through June 8th and we'd love to pick a winner with the pepper sauce and a syrup recipe and share it and win a gift certificate to shop online. So yeah, we just thought it'd be something fun to do right now and get people to learn more about our products and share awesome recipes. Well, that sounds delicious and fun, and yes. I'm glad that we were able to talk to you before the promotion is over, because I am going to submit my my ham. <laughs> and then okay. later in the show, we're going to be talking with Chef Louise, who is the host of our TV pilot, and we're going to talk to her about some recipes. Well, ladies, we really appreciated having you on the show today. It was great getting to know you. I always love uh, meeting <laughs> multiples, because, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fun. Yes. And yeah. instant yeah. connection. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for having us. Oh, thank us. you. Thank you fun. so very much. Yes, this has been incredibly fun. A, a delight. And we're going to continue watching your company grow, and hopefully we'll do a reconnect yes, well, later so down the line. For sure. We appreciate it. World of Wheezy is up next. Stay with us. morning, Louise. Thanks for coming and joining us. We just spoke with the Pappy Van Winkle triplets, and we discussed all their fun, uh, exciting things on their website, and more specifically, their um, barrel-aged maple syrup and their barrel-aged hot sauce. Now that you've had a chance to taste those, what do you think we should use them with? They're doing their recipe contest. I was super excited to taste the bourbon barrel-aged pure maple syrup, as well as the aged pepper sauce. That's complete with goat peppers and red bell peppers from Pappy and Company. Originally, I was thinking I was going to do something with each of them separately, but then because I was tasting them side by side, I had this brilliant, shall I say, idea to put the two of them together. So what I'm going to do is I am actually going to make a little bit of a sauce for some wood-smoked chicken wings. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, I was thinking that if I, it could either be done in a wood oven or just open wood pits. I'm actually going camping, so this is something I've been thinking about right now, cooking over the campfire. And of course I would use California oak, uh, considering that the, the syrups aged in oak, that all seems to make sense to me. And then I'm going to mix a little bit of the syrup, a little bit of the hot sauce, and some butter and make a little sauce to drape over some wings. 
Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll probably do, I think I'm going to serve it with some crudite and a little bit of a homemade buttermilk blue cheese, you know, the way you would do like a hot wing. So I think the funk of the cheese, the sweetness of the maple, the heat from the hot sauce. Sounds like a winning combo to me. So do you think you might take that out when you go camping too this week? I think I very well might do that and make all of my camping neighbors quite jealous. Awesome. That sounds delicious. Well, I hope you have a great trip and uh, we, we'd love to hear if you guys ended up making that recipe over the open fire when you get back. So uh, until next week, have a great trip and we'll talk to you next time with our next guest. That sounds great. Thanks so much. Please visit our website to see our show notes on today's podcast at spiritsofwhiskey.com. That's whiskey with an E. We'll add a link to Pappy and Company and instructions on how to enter their recipe contest, as well as a summary of Chef Louise's comments from today's World of Wheezy in our show notes. As always, you can see our upcoming topics and guest roster and links to past shows. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Salon. Spirits of Whiskey is a production of First Real Entertainment and the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available on Anchor, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts can be heard.